Welcome, welcome, welcome to Building the Black Educator Pipeline podcast. You have come to the place where we talk to real people in the real struggle doing the real work. I am your host, Shana Terrell, educator activist dedicated to the lifelong struggle of freedom and liberation for my people. So we would like to welcome today Brandon Nicholson, CEO of The Hidden Project. So he joins the Building a Black Educator Pipeline podcast today to talk about the impact of technology, entrepreneurship, and mentorship on Black boys. Brandon, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I just want to make sure I send a shout out to our org because it's got a great name. It's the Hidden Genius Project. If we were just hidden, that would probably be an issue. But I appreciate you. (laughs) Thank you for the opportunity to be here. Yes. Did I just say hidden? That's my fault. Hidden Genius it's Project. It's, I'm gonna say, it's written out. right here. <laughs> yeah. Out. If you guys were hidden, it would definitely be a project. Uh, I mean, definitely be a problem. This is definitely an organization um, and the things that you guys are doing needs to get way more exposure out to our black boys in the community. Um, but we'll definitely get into the Hidden Genius Project um, a little bit on in the show. So, Brandon, I want you to start by telling us a little bit about who you are. What can you share with us about you, past, present, your work currently? Who is Brandon Nicholson? Uh, well, no, I definitely appreciate you asking the question that way uh, because we've got a couple warrants, so I can't share much uh, right now. I'm, I'm, what? I'm joking. Actually, I'm joking. I'm good. I'm good. You said, you said right, what said can right. you share? You said, what can you share? I see. <laughs> I see I that kind of say. inclusive phrasing, so that's that's very you're a pro. I get it. Um, you know, I, I'm a, a you know native of Oakland, California, and um, you know proud uh, son of Bernadette and Bruce, and husband to Rachel, father to Nico, and you know friend and family to a lot more. Um, and you know, I just uh, am extremely fortunate to be in a position right now where I can lead. Uh, an organization and, and have a job where uh, it aligns so much with just who I am as a person at my core and just trying to create opportunity or, or work to, you know, identify and build opportunity for young people and for communities uh, that possess unlimited potential and that can guide us into better times going forward. And so I think for me, that's been a big part of who I've been all my life is believing in people, um, certainly just having my own experiences. Uh, be it, you know, in school and life, uh, you know, in my own personal health and things just growing up, just lots of potential challenges and obstacles that I was so fortunate to overcome. And so understanding the, you know, limitless potential and unlimited potential of an individual, of an individual life and in person, but also um, our interconnectedness and understanding how, you know, if we all have unlimited potential and we, you know, harness it uh, together, then we get a lot done and being able to see uh, so many things happen uh, for good in my community, in the world. Um, obviously, there's no shortage of reminders of, of all the challenges in our world, but um, it's growing up in a place like Oakland where, uh, you know, I love it. And a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, have, may have characterized it in, in, in various ways in terms of it being a, a rougher city or, um, you know, uh, you know, not as sparkling as others. Uh, I think from my perspective, it's always been uh, a host to so much and, and, and really birthplace of so much activism, uh, so much culture, um, leadership, um, fun and excitement. We talk a lot of stuff, uh, but we walk a lot of stuff too. Uh, you know, of course, we're really just a, a Western chapter of you know, the, the deep south and, and uh, you know, uh, outpost from the great migration. So, um, you know, we're a little country as well. And, and I think all those things uh, then has been uh, so critical in terms of shaping my identity and uh, making me someone who uh, really enjoys, again, what I get to do every single day. I love that. I love it. And I love how you touch on like limitless uh, potential and the things that we can do with that. And who think Oakland is whack? Okay, shout out to Oakland. Uh, it's mean, on listen, my bucket you know, list. It's, it's more, it's more, it's more in vogue to say now. It's more in vogue to say now. I'm just saying, you know, 20 mm. years ago, yeah, I, I went to college back east, and I'd say, "Yo, come out to Oakland." People would be like, "LA." I'm like, "No, come to the town." People would be like, "San Francisco." I'm like, "No, come to the town." And now, <laughs> you know, a lot, a number of those people, the same people who I was trying to beg to come out as the, you know, ad hoc. Chamber of Commerce for Oakland. A number of them actually stay out this way now, uh, mm. which is 
mm-hmm. pretty funny, you know, but you know, it's what it is. Everybody's got to, you know, be on their own journey. And I love to travel. I love to move around. I love being in different places and meeting different people. But, um, you know, I, I love uh, landing, you know, at the airport, coming home. That's one of the best feelings. Uh, and, and so, you know, I'm definitely a, a homer, uh, but, uh, you know, definitely, uh, I, I would say still a child of the world, you know, many communities, uh, New York is solid too. So that, that's yes. Great. Shout I, out to I, New I, York. I, that's where I, I'm from. I, I get it. I get a little tinge of that. And, and, <laughs> and you're right. Well, you know, I got a little bit in there. I, I, I don't, I don't start guessing boroughs, but, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, don't do it. Cause if you guess wrong, we got a problem. Okay. I understand. Well, that also gives me another hint. That also gives me another hint. Who would say that? But we're going to leave it alone. Uh, but yeah, I, I appreciate your appreciation for, for our great town. Yes. Shout out to you. Um, I love that. And I love, you know, I'm from New York, so I'm always going to rep my city. So I appreciate Please your love. Please do. You should. You should. It's big enough. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all need to. You know Shout out yeah. South Bronx, where I'm from. Right, there it is. But- okay. <laughs> you knew she couldn't help herself. <laughs> she couldn't help herself. South Bronx, we coming. Yeah. I was like, are right, you starting to narrow? Starting to cross out options. Start, like, starting to narrow it down. Staten Island and Queens dropped the list. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, I love a little too gritty for Harlem. So now we're getting into South Bronx or maybe <laughs> East New York. I don't know. Let's find out. We go to Listen, <laughs> got to represent no matter the platform. I love okay. it. Love yes. it. But I would love for you to share your just what inspired you and how'd you get on a journey to becoming an educator and a steward of technology? Well, I mean, I, I would certainly say I'm, I'm no steward of technology. I, I, you know, you if you look at and it depends on the, well, I, we'll get back to that, but I, I'll just say, you know, there, there are so many more people uh, that do so much more uh, with tech, but, but I'm, I'm definitely blessed to be in the role that I'm in. Um, I think for me, just growing up, uh, you know, I, I think my parents, uh, grandparents, uh, family was very active in education, um, kind of a, uh, fascinating journey uh, for myself in the sense that, you know, I've got the great fortune of being, you know, I've had multiple generations, you know, going into higher education and, um, you know, including, you know, really fourth or fifth generation for me, uh, depending Mm -hmm. on what you count, how far back you go, and definitely three generations for me on both sides of my family, which is pretty, you know, wild when we think about our history as Black people in this country and access to opportunity. So been mm-hmm. extremely fortunate from a family perspective to have that level of access, but also to be in a family that never takes it for granted. And that's always believed in fighting for that access for ourselves and for our community and for others. So we start there, you know, going to PTA meetings, going to school board meetings early on, um, you know, getting to be dragged around to different you know campaigns to, you know, advocate and fight for more resources for Oakland schools, among others, mm-hmm. uh, but also just, you know, over the course of my life, uh, you know, having the ability and support and belief uh, to end up, you know, performing or achieving you know, well in class, uh, which, you know, afforded me more support. Um, and that's a gift and a curse, you know, uh, you know the seminal moment for a story I, I tell often, of course, is, I ended up uh, going to Oakland Public Schools from kindergarten through eighth grade, and I ended up uh, attending a prep school in Marin County, so a very wealthy county uh, in the Bay Area, uh, not close to Oakland, but so I was commuting every day. But the way I got there in part was I applied to a program called A Better Chance, which is a national program, and, and you know it's like a prep for prep if you're in the New York set. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those uh, folks, or, you know, the rest of us uh, around the country, it's a better chance. Um, but the way I, one of the ways I found out about that program was I got called out of my homeroom um, classroom in eighth grade and got, had to walk down the hallway all by myself to the you know, assistant principal's office and meet with the counselor. I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, of course, mm. thinking I'm in trouble. I didn't feel like I did anything or whatever, but there's, you know, very solemn when I get to the office and there's an application to um, the A Better Chance program sitting on the desk. They had me sit down tell me that they'd seen me put in my paperwork to uh, attend the local public high school and they thought I might want to consider some other options. And so, mm. um, you know, as I was, you know, relieved, of course, not to be in trouble, but started walking back to that classroom, that homeroom by myself, uh, I was thinking like, man, I was the only one who got called out of my classroom 
mm-hmm. um, and these people who uh, basically care about me in the system and say they care about me a bunch enough to call me out of this classroom were counseling me to leave that system. And mm-hmm. that didn't seem uh, sustainable, equitable, right? Uh, uh, you know, what happens to everybody else? And as it turned out, they called out, you know, the black boys on the high honor roll, you know, however many of us there were, you know, fewer mm-hmm. than 10 and into uh, the office for similar conversations. And uh, a number of us, if not almost all of us, ended up going to these private schools, right? They were counseling us to do that. So, you know, it didn't take but, you know, 20 minutes at my new school, my freshman year in Marin County, to understand that there's you know, no one more deserving of a quality education there than where I'd left. Um, you know, it was just all a matter of where they'd been born and zip code and luck. Mm-hmm. Um, fertilization of an egg and then all of a sudden your life course is what it is right so um, yes you know I'm, I'm not really uh, I couldn't really stand on that or you know uh, sit on that I should say and 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 so that was it that's that's what was thrusting me forward was thinking about well how do you create more opportunity regardless of where someone's born you know how can South Bronx and and you know the Upper East Side and and you know uh, you know Long Island and the whole thing, you know, how can mm-hmm. you be born in any of those places and, and still have access to uh, a great set of resources, at least from an educational perspective and opportunities to you know, learn and, and grow and, and try and be excellent. Um, and so that kind of was what pushed me forward. So everything from there was all about exploring equity. And, and I ended up studying education policy and undergraduate and pursuing a graduate degree and education with a focus on policy. So very much linear and, and literal in that respect, just trying to, it didn't have enough imagination to picture it otherwise, but um, mm-hmm. it took, you know, a lot of uh, uh, work trying to get here. I worked in evaluation for five years and program evaluation for like government and foundation funded programs. That's you know, how I came to understand nonprofits uh, much better than I did previously. That's also how I came to understand that I did not want to lead a nonprofit because the leader seemed quite stressed out and um, did not seem what I wanted to be doing. So I, I thought I could work in a corporate space, corporate social responsibility, mm-hmm. um, perhaps in policy at a Google or an education and support at a Facebook, now Meta, of course, so on and so forth. Um, but I just got no every time I applied for a job and everybody said no. Um, mm. I, I said please, and they said no. I, 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 you know, I wrote better cover letters. They said no. I got more interviews. They said no. So I had to figure out what was happening. And um, you know, a couple of my buddies and I uh, were in a program called the Ron Brown Scholar Program, uh, scholarship program for students of African descent entering post secondary education. Um, they, you know, started now twenty five years ago, or excuse me, uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, 25 years ago plus 26, but um, you know, offering significant sums of scholarship funding um, with this mantra of the value of one, the power of all. And so they're trying mm-hmm. to you know, get you to come for the funds, like you know, forty thousand dollars unrestricted at the time, and stay for the network. And that's significant because then, almost a decade after I received that scholarship, a couple of you know, buddies from the scholarship program came out to Oakland. To build a for-profit company, uh, to mind blown labs to build uh, mobile gaming for young people um, uh, mm. to learn exper- uh, uh, financial capability skills. So it was actually an educational game. Um, but as they were doing it, these two black men, they were one was from LA, the other from Cincinnati. They wanted to uh, find a way to pay it forward and contribute to their community. And so from there, um, they. Uh, uh, reached out and said, hey, we want to start this nonprofit organization, um, working with young people, teach them to do what we do. We see so much opportunity here in Oakland. What do you think? And I thought it was amazing. Um, and they wanted to start it immediately as a volunteer-driven organization, even though they had already built a for-profit startup. And everyone they recruited to volunteer all basically were working, if not starting companies. So it's a proud legacy to get to that point. It's a bunch of people who believed in um, this mission to train and mentor black male youth in technology creation, entrepreneurship, and leadership skills to transform their lives and communities. And yeah, that's you know how we got started. So I was just really fortunate to have a great network and, and some friends who were extremely passionate, if not a little bit hard-headed, and wanted to start <laughs> things, even though they had other things going on. And, and yeah, that, that got me on the path. Brendan, there is so much to unpack um, in your story and, and what you shared. And I mean, on so many levels, 
it's funny because, you know, we have a lot of educators that come on this show and a lot of them, you know, are on the traditional path. They become teachers, things like that. Some folks, you know, had different career paths and kind of got tapped on the shoulder to be in teaching and education. Um, but your own experience and your inequities in those experiences, what drove you to find out more about equity and educational justice. Mm-hmm. And then to tell like, hey, not necessarily going to go work in the classroom, but I see other ways that I can impact education, education equity, whether it's through policy or work, whether it's working for some of these big name companies who have a major influence on the minds of children and have major impacts on education in ways that people either ignore or don't see. So I think, again, to take that route um, was genius of you, right? To say like, there are other routes that I can influence and um, impact. But then as a black male, you know, for doors to be slammed in your face um, and people tell you no. But the other thing, and it's it's funny, I probably should do a show on this one day, the controversy behind kind of those prepper preps or um, mm. the organization that you were in and how, you know, you basically are plucking these ex- exceptional, right? Like black students out of their neighborhoods and, and putting them in these private schools. And a number of things happened there, like not preparing you for the culture shock um, and what that's, what that's going to be like for you to be in, in a predominantly white, not just white, like that's when social economic really comes yeah. to play because people are white and rich yeah, and yeah, absolutely. you a lot of times you might be black and poor black and middle class like i might have thought i was doing something with my little house and car in the yard and these people come with nah. million dollar homes like like stuff that you would yeah. never imagine and kids absolutely. happen to deal with all of that and what that does to them internally but then the other part that's like good about this is the privilege of being able to have a network as well Right. Because there are people that you might have went to school with, black or white, that you could reach out to that got billion dollars and million dollar companies to be able to help support different initiatives. Like it's so controversial. Right. When you talk Absolutely. about access, wealth. So super, super interesting um, that that was your your trajectory when I'm listening to this. And I'm, I'm happy like, wow. to join that show, too, because I mean, I, yes. I had a tremendous time at, at my school, Marin Academy. And also, if I had to do it again, I'm still 50 50 because uh, I know that I had a tremendous time at my school here in Oakland that I would have been going to Oakland Tech. Uh, and there's also a time, you know, this is uh, getting into the mid to late 90s, right? So, you know, you're preceding some of the tech that could help kind of maintain some of those relationships. So for me to drive away 45 minutes, felt like I had basically passed away. My community guests were like, where you been at? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I saw somebody with a t-shirt and my face on the t-shirt. I was like, what's going on? That's what I'm right here. I just, like, bro, we read every day. Did. They're like, nah, Brad, you know what I'm saying? We already, we already did the vigil, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm here, I'm alive. And, you know, now it's not the same because cats be, you know, they'll be DMing each other each day and, and right. you know, YouTube and SoundCloud so people understand what you listen to and the whole thing. It's a, such a different yeah. vibe, but, uh, uh, it was a it was a trip uh, back then for sure, um, but also a tremendous experience. Um, but there's so much that you can learn in so many different places. It's it's not linear. Um, there's no just one way to attack it. And and I'm, again, I'm grateful for every opportunity I got. Um, and and I love the school. Again, I, I have so many friends from there still, and I, I can mm-hmm. still contribute and participate. Even served on the board of uh, trustees there for a number of years, but it's a trip for sure so yeah there, there's a lot there uh, for sure but just being being black uh you know and and trying to make it you know what I'm saying? It's, there's no mm-hmm. guarantees there's also i mean and you know even with our work here you know our, our core program is an intensive program for black boys and young men uh in high school and uh they're in a cohort-based model it's about 15 months, 800 hours. Let's hop there. Let's hop in there. Tell us, what is the Hitting Genius Project? Talk to us about that. So the core program that started with those two gentlemen and, and you know, trying to start a program with no business starting, you know, at the time when we had no idea what we were doing, it was really to create this intensive experience for Black boys and young men to be able to learn, you know, about building technology, being entrepreneurs and leaders and, and all of the things. So, um in that, you know, over time, we've built out these cohorts starting in Oakland, but now across the country. Um, and, uh, you know, um, we're, you know, very fortunate um, that we actually didn't flow this whole thing because it was just we had no infrastructure. Back in 2012, we had five young men in this first one. And we didn't know for sure how long the cohorts would be. Everybody had an idea of what was going to happen. Nothing happened like anybody thought. But now when we look at it, it's like a 15-month, 800-hour program with two intensive summers and a school year and Saturday component in between. 
we're really starting off with a youth development and mentorship program first and foremost, just trying to create safe space and, um, you know, a loving and inspiring space for young people to engage, build networks and achieve their dreams. And then can we leverage skills and tech and entrepreneurship along the way? Um, but even why I was sharing that is because a lot of people say, oh, so, you know, are you just working with low income students or are you working with these students or that student, uh, that sort of, you know, young person or student. And for us, you know, we're working with black boys and young men in this intensive, you know, group first. Um, and we aim to have a heterogeneous group. We aim to build cohorts that are, are you know, mixed in and representing who we are as a community. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of times people will say things like, well, are you working with the ones that are going to make it? Now, usually those folks mm. are not black folks because we understand it ain't no making it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 like what right, does that you mean? Keep, you got yeah. to stay locked in this whole time. I mean, like I said, I'm four generations in, you know, to post-secondary ed, but, you know, by the time I'm in high school, I'm still finding myself, you know, on public assistance, you know what I'm saying? in mm -hmm. Oakland. Uh, you know, so nothing is for sure. Nothing is given. There's so many structures and things that happen in our world, just in life period, and certainly for our communities, right? Absolutely. Regardless. And then you have young people who are full paid, Black folks who are full paid at some of the schools, like the one I went to. Um, and they may be the only one in their class and not feel safe. Like you said, you talked about that isolation feel. Uh, mm -hmm. They don't have linkages and networks. And then you can internalize that, right? You can end up being somebody with some access, um, but not any connection. So it's so critical for us to build that network. It's like, you're like that's your brother, that's your brother. You have some different experiences, you have some shared experiences. You know, if y'all ever get it together and work together, y'all will be unstoppable, you know? So we, we try and really focus on that. And that's important. And that's super important, I think, to lift up because a lot of programs, when people talk about mentorship or exposure, there is tons of focus that people either separate. Like, we're going to do this focus on low-income Black boys because, right. like, they're the most vulnerable population they needed the most. Or you have folks that have this very restrictive and exclusive, like, yeah, we're only going to work with uh, folks who have 3.5 GPA yeah, who don't exactly. present a problem yeah. because these are the people. They're going to make it. They're on the path. Yeah. Oh, that we can put in front of a tech company right. and market to right, make sure right. they have a job, yeah. right? Because they don't want the investment of yes. supporting people who they would consider to be rough around the edges or these, again, stereotypes that they make just because people literally don't have money. <laughs> so, right or facing these systemic barriers that are keeping them from having access. So Absolutely. love the fact that y'all are interested in uh, making sure that cohorts are diverse and heterogeneous. Um, and allow me to make a statement real quickly, please. I know it's your yes. show, but please. Let it me is, it is right camera. now. This is our time. It's well, our time. It's all good. Just let me look in the camera. All these young men are horrible, by the way. Just, you catching a young <laughs> man anywhere between 13 and 18. I don't care what background. That's why you got to pay people to work with them. You know, and I understand mm -hmm. this is the building the black education pipeline and people may comment or email, whatever. You come work with them then. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all not doing mm -hmm. it for free. Don't mm -hmm. judge us. Okay, these young, they wear us out. They got something to say all the time. They think they know everything. And just because we love them, we don't got to like them. So what I'm saying is no matter what, whether they got a 4.0 or a 1.0, whether they two parents, three parents in the home, foster care, the whole nine, all of them get on our nerves. So we just exist to help them get to where they got to go. They all need the support. Um, and, you know, we just grin and bear it every day so we can so finally. So what you know, I love about what you just said and just did, right? That's the rawness of anybody who has to work with children and mentor children. If you're a parent in your house, right? Your kids get on your nerves. And the age group that you just, the age group the that worst. you just. It's the worst. Named, it's the worst. They're teenagers they no and they're kids. They make mistakes, right? That's why they're in need of love. That's why they're in need of structure. And that's why they're in need of mentorship. We're just holding their narrow behinds until they can get it together. They're <laughs> yes. make a couple mistakes in it. That's it. Yeah. And the perfect thing about that is like, you're not a, but you were once them, right? Like that's I the I already know. That's how I know. Thank you. Because <laughs> people be getting offended like, oh no, not my child. He knows Latin. I'm like, ma'am. Okay. First and foremost. Okay. The stuff he was saying last week wasn't no Latin. Number one. <laughs> Okay, I wouldn't know like, the stuff he was talking when you wasn't here. Number two, number two. Okay, I, I had me a solid little GPA, did him a little thing, you know what I'm saying? And I made some really dumb ass decisions. Decisions. And I'm trying to tell you right now, I'm trying to use the worst. And if yes. you didn't think, if you thought he was so dope, you wouldn't leave him with us. 
because we already you told you what too. happened. And you about to walk out of here right now. You about to walk out without him. Why? Because you need a break. Exactly. Yes. You need time because he's wearing you out. But we're not talking about real stuff. So it's fine. We let him yes. leave the children with us. You know what I'm saying? But And the reason why it's fine to, to say this in company, meaning our company, when you're speaking like this, we completely get what you mean, right? Meaning like, you're not saying they're lost. They're no hope. They're, just saying, they're kids. They're boys. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to get on nerves. Like that is who they are and what they are. And again, internally, we have that own perspective and you have more perspective than me because you're a black man who was once these black boys. And you know exactly what you mean when you're like, oh, yes. I, and by the way, I'll tell anybody. I, I keep it going. I'll tell anybody. You ask. But here's the thing. We hire our alumni even sometimes as young as 14, 15 to facilitate Love programming that. in the community. Love that. We have six of our alumni on our staff full time right now. Love um, that. So they'll they can tell you they're awful. So I'll tell I'll tell I'll tell white people, <laughs> I'll tell funders, I'll tell whomever. Like I know we don't like them, but we don't have to. Look at the results. Let them tell you what happened. You know what I'm saying? Let them tell you what they did to us. To, like I, I you know, if you tell like I wish you would have let you know, pull one of our uh, geniuses on this podcast. Tell them what you did seven years ago. Tell them what we had to do, you know, the conversations we had to have. And that's why they get to teach these jokers now and they got to go through it. You know what I'm saying? And and that's, you know, that's the universe paying them back. Again, I love this because um, I'm a lover of, of kids. I'm an advocate for kids. I fight for kids. Anybody who knows me, like, that's like the hill I'll die on for kids, Absolutely. right? So when when I'm hearing you talk, I'm like, absolutely, right? Like y'all are so irking. But at the end of the day, they are people who deserve a chance. They're humans who deserve a chance and they need structure and they need love and they need mentorship. So exactly what you're saying in terms of like, it's not necessarily about liking you, but it is about building a relationship with you. It's about absolutely. showing you the right, it's about showing you the right path. my number on the weekend, but I got you here all day. <laughs> I'm, I'm always going to fight for you. you know and saying? I got Just your don't... back. Yeah. But what, what's the proof point of y'all program is, Hey, we hire our alumni to come back. So though these kids might have been who they were from 13 to whatever, they're coming back to tell kids who they, hey, I was once you, I made some mistakes, but here's how we get on the path to greatness. I love that. And they still be making mistakes. Even we got, and we got to pay them. Now we got to pay them to make a mistake, which is crazy (laughs) because we don't already pay them. We had to give them a stipend in the first place, but it's fine. I love it. Keep keep going, Shane. I'm sorry. No, I had a moment just now. You was like, I had had everybody's like, how can we support? Come get, come get them. Come get your children. (laughs) Come get them. You know what I'm saying? And, yes, and people ahead. are probably like, yes, we're going to dump more fat branded, but they know that you have, they know that you guys, the post like to hit a genius project, y'all got them kids. Um, and y'all going to do right by them. And then in turn, they going, again, it pays off. Cause I'm pretty sure if I have some hidden geniuses sitting on this show, they will talk about the mistakes they made and how they were met with grace, love, and some little manhood talks. But that's what was needed, you know, for them to be where they are. Why technology? Talk to me like I know you're gonna say like I'm not I'm gonna say I'm a steward of technology, right? But in terms of me exposing black boys to technology, why tech? Well, I think the the biggest thing is it's everywhere around us. It's it's anything we love doing: sewing, cooking, you know, plumbing, legal. Like tech now has advanced it because you get your little Pinterest together and look at patterns, you know, for what you want to sew. You got your Instagram feed looking at what you want to cook and you might even do a little pop-up if you're serious about this. And then you got to leverage technology to get you a little situation where people can understand what's going on that, you know, plumbers, you know, more and more plumbers, you got, you know, they got to get business. So they got to advertise or put together Mm -hmm. workflow uh, platforms so they can, you know, uh, deploy, you know, there it's like, it's all there. Right. And also we're good at it. We're great at it. You know, some of the people want to talk about, uh, us, you know, as though we're experiencing these gaps or we're getting caught up, not in tech. You know, Nielsen does these studies like every two years and, and they show every time that the young people who leave the world, lead the world in technology, early adoption and willingness to teach and, and creativity and engagement, especially when you look at social media, but new tech is black youth. I think it's 16 to 34. We do mm. tech. Tech does us right. We find ways to build, we innovate, you know, you look at the challenge and the trend and how many times it started with somebody, you know, else, right? And then how many times it ended or got popularized or commoditized, right, by someone else who's not, you know, and, mm-hmm. and but we do that. We don't run from it. And when you sit down and think about it, right, you don't have that many experiences where 
brasses, whomever it is, like it's not using it, right? It's not figuring, and you know, like if you really sit in, like, well, no, my nephew, he was doing something, right? You just, we just don't have them necessarily always in the position to have the access to figure out the ways to leverage it, even to do what they love, you know. And even when you look at things that, you know, so often, right? I'm, you know, and and, and admittedly, you know, I could probably stand to listen to a few more of these pods, so I, I can't be presumptuous. But I'm mm-hmm. sure you've had a couple guests here and there who, are like, yeah, we want to make sure our young people understand their options and they can be more than athletes and entertainers all that honestly mm-hmm. if they want to be athletes and entertainers that just makes them like everybody else in the world who wants to do something cool at the beginning right and then figure out you know and then what happens to people with privilege what happens to people at marine academy right they don't stop loving sports and entertainment they become agents and entertainment lawyers mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying they don't get pushed away from their dreams so technology is what can keep us close to our dreams help us you know keep pushing and and you know, stay, stay on the track. There's so much tech in the NBA right now, right? So yeah, play as long as you can. If you want to be an NBA player or somebody tells, you know, walks up to you and says, yeah, I want to play in the NBA and they're, you know, five foot three and they're 17 years old, don't roll your eyes. Just if they can keep balling, somebody will still let them play on their team, let them play. And we can show them, hey, here's all the things that tech are doing in the NBA. Let's get you a little internship. Let's get you an opportunity. So you can still be at the finals, you know, in five years, you just won't be on the court. And I don't have to tell you that today, but you still have a pro sports career. You make good money and get you, you know, you might even get you a little ring or something, you know what I'm saying? Just, just from being in the ecosystem. So that's not our job to chop anybody off at the knees, certainly not their dreams. And and so that's what tech can do. Tech can afford us that access. It's not a meritocracy and, um, Yet at the same time, it's a platform to help funnel and channel our creativity and put our best foot forward. So at least we got a shot. I love that. I love, love, love that. And I talk to people all all the time about that in terms of what kids want to be in their dreams. And like you said, might be five foot three, <laughs> whack handle, right? So you're not about to be a right. guard. But what are your other strengths? Keep playing. And But what are your other strengths in this area that's going to keep you attached to this love for this other thing that you have. And I mean, there's so many pockets, just like you said, inside of other jobs where technology has a space, finance has a space, advertising right. has a space, all of these things. So I love that that is what you guys bring um, into the perspective with these young men about why tech. And then the you know the inverse of the converse, you know, we always try to be asset-based, but like, and a lot of us have gotten to like decent jobs, you know, and, and then sometimes we start feeling ourselves because we grow up and mm-hmm. try to figure a couple of things out. So we're like, well, what you need to be doing is be an actuary, you know, actuarial, you know, a professional like me, you know, say it's like, because I'm making decent money. You're not knowing. You try to be like, okay, but you weren't trying to be no actuary when you were 17. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Or maybe you were, in which case we should get you. <laughs> on that track to right now you know what i'm saying but like yes. most of us weren't like and especially if that's not what i want to be doing why would you tell me to do that why because because it's stable like you go talk to me about stability at 16 17 22 you know what i'm saying like like that's not what's popping you know not to mention that by the time i get to be 39 40 years old everything's changing anyway so like i, I put mm. on my eggs you know what i'm saying like what if i said right you know we had you know the PS one one forty nine up on two forty first, right? Like I, obviously, <laughs> why you why? Listen, why you I, I give an Oakland, give an Oakland listen, school no, and an no, Oakland you know, street? No, we're not doing that. I'm coming to your city. <laughs> I'm coming to your city. I'm, now I'm all up in. I'm all. I'm way uptown. You know, yeah, so let them know I'm definitely two forty first uptown. Yes, I'm way. You know what I'm saying? I'm in here, but you know. So and it's a young man. You you know you walk up and you say, hey man. These hoop dreams got to quit. We got to stop that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I need you to go out. And this is 1998, 99, right? You know, mm-hmm. I, I graduated high school in 2000, what, right? I need you to go out here, get on this DVD game, right? We're going to make these DVD players. You're going to make an honest living. You're not going to be here out on this athlete entertainer stuff, right? You're going to mm. make these DVD players. And you're going to be the one. You're going to be the, the that one, you know? And so you, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Damn this sports stuff, damn this entertainment. I'm gonna do these DVDs because you know, you know, Miss Miss Terrell up at you know she she care about me and the whole thing, and I get it. It's a pipe dream, and she didn't show me all the statistics. You know, what I'm saying so. I get through my damn school, right? I come out now. I graduated in 05. I come out in 05. Mm-hmm. DVD up, ready to go. Blu-ray, the whole night. You put it in front of me. I got you. You feel me? 
And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm on the cover of DVD, manufacturer magazine. They call me the chosen one, the whole, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, then oh nine come around. Oof. Okay. What you, what you got for me? I, I did your dream. I lived out. You, you feel me? Like you told me it was about stability. Then I'm in the same damn boat. In fact, the NBA is still open. The DVD manufacturer is not. <laughs> they close it. At least, <laughs> at least, right? So. Like what? What service did 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 we do right now? If the, and now, if someone loves you, like we can't get out in front of technology trends. I can't tell you what's going to be around or not. But if I'm right. saying just do it because the stable is going to be around, and you could have been forgiven. Nobody would have been like, "Don't tell that boy not to make no DVD players." Right? Like nobody would have known it wasn't going to be there. But that's how this how fickle life is, right? So why not just allow somebody to do what they love and ball out? Nothing is guaranteed. Mm. We don't get that much time here. So you know, I just wanted to make sure I, I threw that in there right quick. I think that's a fair and excellent point because, again, what you're driving home, and this is how you can tell the voices of people who are close to young people, because what you are driving home is the conversations that adults who are once their age, they forget that they were their age. So these right. conversations that they have with people at 15, 16 years old about being actuary, with people like, I don't get that age, like, I don't even know what that is. And these right. conversations <laughs> that we're having with young people about that. And I think there's a difference between exposure and judgment. There's nothing wrong with exposing young people to different opportunities um, in different professions. I think that we have a problem when you're beginning to judge a young person's interests um, with their character or telling this is what you need to do. Or this is the path that you need to That's be. That's all it is. That's all I'm saying. But and that person's not going to listen to us every time. Like, it's <laughs> they hard will enough. not. It's hard enough. It's very hard to get them every day. I mean, we pay them, we feed them, we give them laptops. To this, we had a program after school yesterday. It's spring break. You know what I'm saying? You think these cats are putting in 12 hours a day. You know what I'm saying? They, they like, I'm going to take my time. I don't even know what your time is. You know what I'm saying? You, you got no job. Okay? You don't pay no rent. You're not paying us. You know what I'm saying? But So it's hard enough. So now you want to add a degree of difficulty, another layer by just talking about what they can't do and, and expecting that to mm. work out. And certainly not now. Certainly not in the era of social media. And when you see folks with you know, uh, influencer deals and name, image, and likeness, or starting, yes. you know, venture back firms before their 18th birthday. And young people understand what this is. You know what I'm saying? Like, they may not know all the ins and outs, but they know they ain't got to listen to you talk about being no actuary. I know that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, so that that we, took you 30 yeah. years or 30 something years to build your actuary wealth or job, right? And Hello. I'm seeing cats Hello. my age moving forward and getting money. And, and here's Absolutely. the thing. If you truly believe, do this, right? What are the skills? You still need math. If I want to be an, uh, an analyst right now, if I want to be an analyst for the Golden State Warriors, because, yeah, yep. what I will not do is I'm not going to use no Knicks as no example. And, and ah! Y'all got to get it together. So I'll pull you, up too far first. Just out here I'm going to bring it back here. That's I'm bring fine. It back here. Yeah. That's fine. I, I, I didn't been through it. And, and I've been in that seat, Knicks fans. I've been in your seat. As a Warriors fan, but I'm not in there now, and I'm not going to apologize. Y'all okay. got to get better. Y'all got to get better. That's rough. With not y'all this man so told us. This we is got a the Black Educator Pipeline <laughs> podcast, by the way. So let me let me get it back. But I'm just saying, Knicks fans, I feel it. I don't apologize. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Warriors, we're doing our thing. I, I earned this. I, I, I deserve this. Um, and I can't even take uh, trash back. So you can't say nothing. I can't, you can't say right nothing now. to it's your show. It's your show. This is Five Wine Podcast with Shayna Terrell. She can't say nothing to me. I can't. We coming, though. We, Listen, we coming, now though. who you got to watch out for is the Liberty. That If anybody's bringing the hardware back, the Liberty is the might ladies. have a shot. And I'm, I'm a little nervous about what they got going on with um, John Quill and them coming through. But that's, you know what I'm saying? We don't have to digress too much. What I'm trying to say is yes. the Warriors now, they they hire analysts. I don't know what the Knicks got going, but the Warriors <laughs> hire, hire folks to work with data, so on and so forth. So if I can teach you the fundamental skills, right? And that's mm -hmm. to do that, data science, so on and so forth. And you look up and you're like, man, I'm cool off this. The schedule's grueling the whole night. Where can I do this? Get paid. Now I'm 30. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And now they hire an actual, you know what I'm saying? Now I can jump into that. They're, some of those skills may be transferable. So exactly. I can still use what the person loves to help them understand the stuff that can still get them to this area that will be there. Right? Like we just don't have to, you know, jam it, you know, in, in a way that doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. And we've, we've hinted on some of this already throughout the show, but like some of the things you're saying, go straight into the skills and the strategies used to mentor young people. 
um, anybody, like I said, who is listening and can hear that you're a person who's close to young people, not tearing young people down, not doing any of that. Like, what are the skills that we can actually really anchor on to help this young person find their path and their dream? But I would love for you to talk about some of those strategies that you guys use in the Hidden Genius Projects to, to mentor those young men. How do you connect with them beyond just technology? Every day we're learning. Every day we're learning. You know, so we've been taught so many lessons um, <clears throat> by our young men. I try and be honest, you know what I'm saying? I think because, uh, you know, even though these young people are horrible, they are perceptive and they, <laughs> they understand. They're trying to build their trust, right? So they can mm-hmm. understand when it's, you know, usually, right? When it's, when it's not real. And real means not real to the conveyor right sometimes we get caught up like oh i gotta be real so i'm about to say stuff like no cap you feel me my boy you know what mm. I'm saying? Like, no no if you say things like young blood and and, and you know what I'm saying? like then that's what Ooh, you got to say because if you yes. right and you you know don't be out here stepping out out the bucket you don't know now listen I, it's so many people out there and people in my life who you know i got like my sister-in-law mia you know she had her first daughter at a young age and and she just be with the stuff all the time. Like she stayed. She was like, I'm gonna stay on my daughter's helmet. So like she always she can she can ride with it, you know, and she, she can do that. It. But not everybody can do that. So you mm-hmm. can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not out here like in summer, like I'm wearing this what I wear to work. You know what I'm saying? When I, if I gotta go see them, I'm wearing this. I'm not wearing what they got on, because that's not mm-hmm. um and I also think they know I don't like them. You know what I'm saying? That's honesty too. We don't have to, I don't have, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, hey, I'm so happy you're here. I'm happy that you're here. You know what I'm saying? But I, I don't need you here in my space. Like, that's why I got mm-hmm. off just now, you know. But but I think, um, you know, just, but still, if all these things are true, right? And still, we're the same folks that, again, feed you, support you, believe in you, listen to what you want to do, let you work on your project. Have you not turn it in? Let you turn it in late. Still give you that stipend. Have mm-hmm. you come in asking us to do something? We say, okay, meet us at nine. Have you come at ten fifteen? We still work with you. You know what I'm saying? But we got to figure out a way to get you back here at nine. Like we're still here. Everything that happens, we're still here. Um, mm-hmm. So being consistent, being honest, I think also one of the deepest lessons was just understanding. Again, we we got to understand what folks need and give them a platform to say what they need, what they want. And then how do we get them closer and closer there while exposing them to more spaces? So again, nothing's wrong with being an actuary. We'd love to have, have them meet seven of them, right? Mm-hmm. So let's do that. And if they say, oh man, I just love what those actuaries were saying, boom, let's go. But if they say everything I'm in right now is all about making this money, you know, everything I'm in right now is all about, you know, cooking these meals. Everything I'm thinking about is all about this fashion, whatever. Well, how do we then create spaces for them to grow and think and build in that, right? And not in what we got cooking for them, you know? And so I know Mm -hmm. sometimes folks even ask, like, if we've got them, do you have them working on this or doing that? It's like, if that's what they want to do, like, we try to keep exposing them. We have conversations about different things, but they've got to land where they land. Um, and, and, And that's critical. And I think the important piece to, to name about that, right? So it was very easy to look at the Hidden Gene Project and say like, oh, it's exposure to technology. But you cannot forget that entrepreneurship piece. And the reason why I say that, you guys are working beyond just preparing kids for just like, you're going to get a job in technology. Right. It's like, you're going to get a job in technology or use technology for whatever your dream or your interest is. That's, That's right. why I love that you said like, oh, if you into cooking, Here's how you use technology to, oh, you went to just getting some money. Here's how you use technology to do that. Like your program is beyond just the surface of like tech jobs or you're going to go and you're going to work for uh, Microsoft. It's how do you use technology to actually kind of access your dreams? Can you tell us a little bit about what they actually do um, in the Hidden Project? What are some some of the curriculums or some of the things you guys are exposing um, young people to? When we look at a course of, say, the intensive program, our 15 months, it starts with some early exposure to fundamentals of computer science, like front-end web development, because it allows young people to kind of see instant gratification. I can type this, it shows up on a screen, they call that a website, right? And then over time, working on like different principles um, related, not just to computer science, but then business entrepreneurship. Our first entrepreneurship lesson historically has been community walk, you know, so take a cohort outside, walk around, see what you like, what you didn't like, what you like to improve, et cetera, come back 
sketch on a napkin for like 10 minutes and that's your first business business idea, right? Like mm. having necessity become the mother of invention or innovation as a word, right? And, and all that, like trying to bring it home. We don't need to be outside of whatever. We don't need to be in that part of town for uh, opportunity to abound, right? To, to have you be able to do things that matter. Um, so that's critical. And then over the course of that 15 months, you know, having leadership sessions with each other, talking about themes related to identity and social and community justice related to, um, you know, current events and things that are coming up for them uh, and relationships and all these things. And then effectively putting that together, you know, how are you going to be someone in this world um, who is successful by your means and, and your measure, um, but also uh, has a sense of purpose and a sense of connection and contribution. Um, and so over the course then of that 15 months, that'll culminate and eventually then building a final project. It could be some software, even a video game. It could be a business on the business track with you know complete business plan and marketing plan and all these things. Um, but it's their opportunity to, you know, manifest whatever uh, they've kind of culminated, you know, built and, and, and you know, kind of, kind of aggregated and all these things. And, and then, you know, we, uh, you know, create spaces for them to show that off and, and showcase who they are. And we have a, you know, youth-led showcase at the end of every summer for the folks who are completing their second summer and the folks who are completing their first summer. Um, they can build that sense of brotherhood. Um, but also then we have events that we do in the community beyond black males, boys and young men and um, serving everyone <clears throat> to catalyze interest in the space and maybe expose folks to things like tech and sports or tech and entertainment or whatever it might be. And it's actually our alumni who usually facilitate those on our behalf, right? And then we have partners in the community who want to serve their young people on a you know more regular basis. And they may be in kindergarten and they may be, you know, uh, high school or they even sometimes it's elders in public housing and, and it's our young people who facilitate that programming and they can be <clears throat> first generation from the Philippines or you name it. So a lot of people will ask us like, hey, you know, why don't you do more work with, uh, you know, why not the girls and all this? And ultimately, I couldn't tell you any tech company stats right now. I could probably guess and sadly half the time I'll probably be right, but I couldn't tell you any right stats because we don't care. We don't look at them, but we truly believe that those companies should be hiring everyone. They should be representative of the population. So if you got a bunch of women in the community, you should have a bunch of women working there. If you got a bunch of gender non-conforming people, you have a bunch of gender non-conforming people working there. You got a bunch of Southeast Asians, you know, in California and Filipinos in the Bay, you have Filipinos working at these companies and most of these companies don't, right? Certainly not as engineers. So that's one thing, but that's not my job. You know, if somebody want to pay me to do that, I'll think about it, but they got to bring a bag. But if you're not bringing that bag, I'm not here to solve that problem. You know what I'm saying? So when we're talking about what we do and then why not girls and all this, we exist for these young men to be able to be safe, advance as leaders. And then in the other programs I described, that's what reaches these young women and everyone else, right? So mm -hmm. like everyone should have this, right? Everyone should have this type of work. You just don't need us doing it with everybody. You really don't really want us doing it with these black boys and young men right now because because we just don't like them but you know what i'm saying but we the ones who are doing it you know what i'm saying so but, but you don't want us with your girls you know what i'm saying you some fantastic <laughs> you know you know you know just, like it's you know, some fantastic so, women that could that uh, or, and, and, or people who be a better fit just than us but You're like the outward <laughs> there it yes. is but we're in here you know we're we've got sister organizations we've got cousins the whole things and we'll move together and rock together and program together all the time and then again in the community you'll still see us serving girls and young women for example but it'll be our young people who are doing that in a different context right but we've already poured into them so that tide could could lift right and then the boats that's out there with it they lift along alongside our young men and and that's how it works so that's a bit about who we are what we do yes again i'm gonna keep lifting up i really love the kind of generational give back mentality. Like we pour into a quarter of young men, they graduate from our program and then they come pay it forward to other young people. And I mean, that's genius on a, on a number of ways. The marketing strategy for that, young people connecting with young people, the ability for your alumni to showcase their talents and give back as they continue. I just think that's right. dope. Let's also um, not give them too much credit though, just to be clear. This is <laughs> Shannon Trudeau and Brandon Nicholson on the Black Educator Pipeline podcast. <laughs> These young people get paid, okay? We, we pay them, we pay them pretty soon. They should get okay? paid. They do, but I'm just saying, relax. They Everybody's should. like, oh, that's so great that they're doing it. Is it? They're getting paid on time, every time, except for when so, they don't do what? They don't submit timesheets on time. Then they want to come at us. 
Then you want to have this your is... mama call. Why? For what? Because you didn't do what you're supposed to do? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm cracking it's... up. And the reason why I'm cracking up is because when it comes to kids, I see we are two polar opposites. But there's an entire demographic who probably listens to this show that is like, yes, Brendan. Yes, listen, Brendan. If, we, you, if you want to be opposite, that's fine. Come get them. That's what I'm saying. Anybody listen to this pod. But I'm the person that will. I will come get them. I right? Like it. Listen, I'm going to give you our address. <laughs> You know, and I'll put the, I'm gonna spell the name out too, so you have it. And then you come. I am the you person come who check them out. come get come them and them like have them. Because like, I'm not those trying to hear nothing. Nobody else got to say. So you gotta come hang out with these people and eat all the snacks. You know, you all go out. You like where, where the rest of the food at? You know, what I'm saying no, where where is it? No awareness for anybody else, right? None. Like that's young people. That's <laughs> I love us. it. But again, uh-huh. there's a demographic I know that is like listen to it's like yes, Brandon, yes, Brandon, because it's the truth. As I said, if you don't if you don't like us but you love us, www.hiddengeniusproject.org, check us out. That's it. That's right. If you, you if like somebody gets on your nerves right now, but you want to fight for their freedom and their future, yes. tap in. That's it. You know right. what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. I love okay. it. Well, we are going to take some time right now to give those young people a little bit of credit. Fine. Because... Wait, let's, we got 60 <laughs> seconds. I'll put time on the watch. Let's go. No, what's great, what's great always is to like, what are some of y'all biggest success stories? Yeah, we, I mean, we have so many. We have so many. I'll say this. If folks are really interested, truly interested on our website, or even if mm-hmm. you Google it or Bing it, whatever is your thing, if you use a search engine of your choosing, um, the Hidden Genius Project, Genius Revealed, Genius of the Month story. So we tell mm. a story of an alum every month for almost the last six or seven years. Um, different alum every time. So we have 70, what, 70 going on 80 of these stories maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can pick one, but you go, like if you want to hear all the stories or see all the stories, you go see them yourself. That's our proof in the pudding. Um, you know, I think we've had some fun ones. I think that the, the coolest stories are certainly of the young men who, you know, push back. You know, we've had some young men who, there's one young man who is, you know, on the autism spectrum, and his mom came up, uh, he was entering his junior year and he was interviewing for the program. We have community volunteers help us interview uh, young people in the community. And he was interviewing mm-hmm. for the program. And uh, his mom comes up while he's in his interview and says, hey, just want to let you know my son's on the spectrum. But he's extremely smart. He needs an opportunity, you know, and I don't know if you all are able to handle all that and all this and that. And I just want him to get a fair chance in the interview. And I'm like, ma'am. All these young men we got, you know, and so many of them are not diagnosed. They don't have those resources, right? But all these young men we got doing their own thing, like, he'll be solid if he's telling the truth, whatever. But, you know, he ends up interviewing. He does well. He gets in the whole night. So now we get to his first summer. He's about two weeks into the program. And, uh, you know, he's, of course, got his own, of course, learning needs and all the things, right? And so... um, Again, a single cohort of 20 to 24 young men in the summertime doing an eight-hour day. It could get a little raucous, you know what I'm saying, get a little loud. So he's like, man, I'm cool off this whole thing. They're doing too much. <clears throat> so he calls his mom from the classroom and says, hey, mom, um, can you come get me? And she's like, what? It's like midday. I can't come get you. He said, no, nah, come, come get me. They said I could go early. And she's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. So I'm, I just happened to be on the site that day, and I see his mom pull up. It's like. 12 o'clock. We don't get out till about 4.30. Okay? And she's like, hey, I'm here to pick him up. I'm like, pick up who? And she's like, he said, come get him. So y'all said it's cool. I'm like, ma'am, your son lied to you and she was hot. So we had to come get him out, right? We had to come get him out of class so she could lay to him about having her, you know, she had stuff to do the whole thing. So he's out here, you know, he thinks he's slick being a little a-hole, right? And then over time, you know, all the time, he's always got something to say. About what we got going on. He don't want to be doing what we doing. He don't want to go to college. He wants to be an animator. He doesn't want to do tech. He wants to do animation. It's like, right, how do you think you make an animation with no tech, et cetera? So mm. you're like, listen, if you're not going to listen to us, we're just going to have to go get you some. So we actually had to actually get him uh, connected with an internship. Or first uh, with the community college class in animation where a family friend was teaching it on Saturdays. And they said, he's in high school, but they're like, we'll let him enroll. And actually my family friend walked him to registration himself. And, you know, 
got him registered. So he got excited. And then he was like, you understand there's like all sorts of colleges. Like they have colleges where you can actually just study animation. So got him to apply to art school, but super late. Like we get, basically got his application into this one after the deadline. And we had a plug, we had a plug. And so they looked at his stuff and they're like, he's got a week to give us a portfolio like of like 10 pieces. And those mm. young man gets in there and grinds, does his 10 pieces in a week, was super inspired comes back, they come back with them like a week or two later, like, you know what? We loved it. We're going to offer them a spot. We're going to offer them some money. Offer them like $25,000. Well, the school costs $60,000 to go to. So Mm. a year, right? His mom's like, well, it's incredible that you did this, but you can't go. So she's like distraught, right? Um, So we call back, you know, our team calls back, like, can you plug, can you plug? They come back. All right, give us another two days. We come back two days later. Full ride, this joker. So this this old, you know, a-hole on the spectrum, lying, calling his mama early, <laughs> don't want to do nothing we say as young man, you know, now found himself with a full scholarship uh, to study mm. art and do animation at the school. So then he starts working with us, taking our money, you know what I'm saying, helping <laughs> other young people now get to program as a what they call a youth care coordinator. So he helps support like the support services we do to make sure our young people are solid when they're in the program. So he's doing that. He ended up, we just released a 10th anniversary hoodie last week. He did the design for it, the whole thing, or, or one of them, the whole thing. So it's like, you know, just this, you know, and it's a, it's a number of these, but again, I don't, I don't have to like him. He lied. Okay. He told us all the time what he's not going to do. But we still take care of him, and he's great, and he's an excellent and incredible young person. Well, not tell you, y'all example of like resilience and grace and continue and not feeding resistance with giving up on kids. That's a really important point to take from this. I know people might, you know, listen to what you're saying, think it's funny, laugh. But what is really important about what you're saying, even when you're saying, "I don't like you, but I love you," I don't like you, but I'm still going to help you do this. All in what you're saying is that at the end of the day, when young people resist, when they push back, when they do things that make you want to like just wring their little necks, at the end of the day, I'm not going to give up on you. And I'm going to find a way to resist in a way. Y'all resistance to him saying, I'm not going to do what y'all told me wasn't, well, fine, you can get out the program. Your your response was, okay, you're not going to do what we told you. Let me give you to a real animation person so you can see that all the things we're telling you is actually what you need to be incorporating in what you do. Now what? Now what? Not, not, yes. And not, you know what? You don't want to listen, get out because people tend to do that and give up on our young people. So again, I do applaud y'all efforts. And of course, wrapped up in all of their success stories is the work that you and your team put in into pouring the mentorship, y'all networks and y'all connections to these young people, which is, I mean, just, just, just dope, just brilliant, just appreciate it um, and need it, especially in a world where our young black boys are shunned um, and not given chances and folks aren't hoping and believing in them. So shout out to you guys um, at the Hidden Genius Project. Thank you. <laughs> and, and of course, a shout out, you know, to the everybody in the pipeline doing this work. We certainly did not invent it, you know, and we want to be clear on that. You know, we operate, we're headquartered in Oakland, California, but we do operate in Richmond, California, Los Angeles, Detroit. We're launching as we speak in Chicago and Atlanta and our teams on the ground. And Love that. we've been able to be in these communities because these communities have been doing the work this whole time. You know, so we've, we've borrowed so much from generations of people, educators, you know, community members, family members, et cetera. Um, and, and, you know, we're not, you know, spreading religion by any stretch, but you know, mm-hmm. we're here trying to do our part every day, but just, uh, you know, just want to make it clear. Everybody listen to this pod, like that ain't nothing new. Yeah, you're right. That's fine. It's not nothing new, you know, but again, if mm-hmm. you don't like, if you don't like them, but you love them, check out our website, tap in. We, we're here. We're here to link arms, right? We're not here to compete. We're here to build. Exactly. Together, so. I was going to say, it don't have to be new, but you're doing it. You don't have to be new, but y'all doing it. And we got a group of people doing it. Um, we are coming to the end, right? And it just always goes so quick. We have great guests, but we would love for you to take this time to thank a black teacher or some black teachers. Right. I see you said a black teacher something. So yeah, we this is a shout out section. I want to send a shout out to uh, from you know our my second grade uh, aide uh, in the class Emma. That was like the first black educator I had in the class with me. You know from public school uh, perspective, and then moving all the way, my music teacher uh, fourth through sixth grade, Mr. Kason, um, Miss Harris from 
seventh grade English, Mr. Abdul from eighth grade algebra, and he was hard on me. He was tough for sure. Uh, every educator I had uh, Lee Zaristi at Brian Thomas in high school, uh, Eddie Glaude in college, and 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 so many others. Uh, I've been so blessed to have so many um, black educators believe in me, and then of course um, all the ones that have inspired me, even if they didn't teach me. Um, you know, just uh, it's just uh, you know. There's so many, um, and and they lifted me up and and kept me solid, believed in me, um, and and saw something in me. So I appreciate that, um, and I'm trying to pay it forward as much as I can. And I and I understand. I'm sorry. I sent a shout out, but I should have apologized first because now I understand what I put them through. Um, <laughs> but you know, what I'm saying I'm trying to do my best. I'm trying to pay it forward. I feel like this is what y'all would want me to do, given. Um, me being an a-hole myself and, and doing too much. Uh, so at least I can try and do something better for our community. So, and then shout out to all my coaches too, because uh, my black male coaches were a huge part of my upbringing, my growth and who I am as a man now. So thank you. Love that. Brandon, thank you for joining us today on Building a Black Educator Pipeline. For our co-conspirators out there, this is a show hosted by the Center for Black Educator Development with the help of our sponsor, Bright Beam. So subscribe and listen to wherever you like your favorite podcast. So thank you everybody for coming on and listening. We'll see you again here next time. Peace everybody.